Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightened Hood Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Lena Lemos. On today's episode, we are diving into all things sacred women's circles with creator of goddess ceremony, Cassandra Wilder. Cassandra shares her story of how she stepped into this role as an empowered woman and the leader of Goddess Ceremony, which hosts sacred women's circles and retreats across the country. She also shares why it is so important for us to sit in circle with other women and where we went wrong somewhere in the lineage. And if you're like me and haven't got the amazing opportunity to be in one of these circles yet, Cassandra offers really good advice of how we can cultivate these deeper connections with women in our everyday life and how we can begin passing down this wisdom of the divine feminine and sacred women connection and even masculine energy to raise empowered children. So here's Cassandra. So I know that a lot of women who listen to this podcast can relate to the feeling of feeling like you don't fit in. And I know for a lot of us, our stories start when we're teenagers and we're kind of discovering who we are and we're realizing that maybe we we don't fit in and feeling lost. So I know your story kind of starts there of how you fell into creating, becoming who you are now. So could you tell me just that entire journey? Yes, yes. I think my story is probably so similar to most women listening to this podcast in that you grow up not really receiving the tools or the information you need to rise into an empowered woman. And so instead we learn everything the hard way, right? So we're learning through the challenging and painful things that come into our lives, things that maybe we could have been spared of. Um, Had we simply learned how to trust ourselves and how to navigate this, this wild reality we called life. So when I was 19, I started working in law enforcement, which, um, is very, very far from what I do now. Yeah. But that was the path that I was kind of nudged onto. And I was so disconnected from myself that I really had no idea what I should be doing. I had zero idea about who I was. And so I kind of let other people guide me along the way. And so when I started working in law enforcement, I got into one of my first really serious relationships. And like most young relationships, it crumbled so quickly and I was absolutely devastated. Um, So this man and I, we tried to get back together a few times and along the way of of a lot of this this deep wounding that we continue to dance around, um, he ended up assaulting me in my own home, the one place that I called safe. And It was so incredibly devastating, pushed me to that absolute rock bottom that I think we've all felt where you're truly pushed to the depths of your own being. And so I spent the next few months um, navigating the legal system with court hearings and detectives and police reports. And it truly was the most challenging, painful, heartbreaking time of my life. And while at the time, it seemed like I would never get past that, of course, it seemed like like everything I'd ever wanted had been taken from me, it created a moment for me to finally start to look at myself a little bit deeper. 
And so I was able to finally ask those bigger questions of, you know, if you hate the kind of work you're in, then why don't you do something about it? Mm -hmm. If you're unhappy with the kind of people that you continue to spend time with or date, then what can you do to change why you're even attracting those kinds of people? And it was a really, really difficult time. But looking back now, I can feel so grateful because I think had something had something like that never happened, I'm not sure I would have ever really woken up and finally, uh, you know, had the universe, you could say, shake me away <laughs> yeah. and say, you are living so disconnected from yourself. It's time for you to reclaim it. So that really began the journey and that long healing journey that I'm sure we all understand. Um, and so the next few years looked like a lot of yoga and meditation and books and seminars and things that could slowly allow me to feel a little more connection and maybe start to understand who I was and, and that maybe I did have a purpose in this world. And it was along this time that my intuition spoke to me for the very first time. And our intuition is that deep gut primal feeling we all get. It defies logic. In fact, it is the exact opposite of logic, <laughs> which is why intuition will never make sense because it really is an emotion-based um, guide. And my intuition told me Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. And again, at this time, I'm living in Utah. I'm working in law enforcement, an entirely fear-based career. And to hear these, these words in my mind, to go to this country was truly as crazy as it ever could have been. Like that was the furthest thing from what I was open to at the time. And so of course, what did I do? I resisted it. Mm -hmm. Resistance, right? We, <laughs> we all get that. Yeah. <laughs> so after a few months of this this insatiable desire to travel, to go to this country. I finally went online, saw this retreat that really called to me, paid a non-refundable deposit, and thank God it was non-refundable. And within a few weeks, was heading to a country that I knew nothing about by myself, just because something told me that I needed to go. So certainly from the outside, that looked... Um, <laughs> a bit shocking, right? It was like a midlife crisis at like, what, 2021? 20, yeah. Yeah. But that trip absolutely changed the trajectory of my life because it was the first time that I had ever been surrounded by people that truly lived a life that they loved, that were truly empowered in who they were and who lived lives that were maybe not necessarily conventional but they glowed and radiated this inner peace and this happiness that I had never seen before in my life. And so when I came back to Utah from that trip, I decided that it was time for me to go out and find something else. So I did the cliche, yet ever so effective, go and find yourself thing, which mm -hmm. is where you quit your job, <laughs> you sell <laughs> everything you own, and you buy a plane ticket and set out on this wild journey of trust and began to explore Central America and Southeast Asia and much of the United States in this quest to understand my purpose and who I was and why, why I was even here. How was I meant to contribute to this world? So it's been a wild journey, but the, the thing that really shifted the entire trajectory of my life was spending time in Guatemala. And I was on this beautiful lake in Lago de Atitlan, and that was where I witnessed sacred women's circles for the very first time 
in my life. And growing up in the Western world, I had always felt that women were competition Mm -hmm. or women were mean or women were catty. I had all these stories about women. And so when I saw this, this little handwritten sign for a women's circle, I remember being super skeptical and thinking, what in the world is this? I logically, again, it made no sense, but intuitively it felt like this was something that I needed to go to. So I went and I was absolutely blown away by these women and what sisterhood truly meant. And sitting within this sacred circle space, probably 40 of us in this tiny little porch, we're all shoulder to shoulder, super close and like personal (laughs) boundaries didn't exist. (laughs) And one by one, each woman went around the circle and spoke her truth, spoke what was present for her. And I had never seen women be so authentic and raw. And I remember being terrified because I realized I needed to share as well. And again, I'd never really had the space to, to be authentic, to really share what was heavy on my heart. And so when that came to me, I opened my mouth to say something, what I thought I was going to say, right? And this massive sob just erupted out of me. And that kind of sob where it is so deep and primal there you're heaving and there's tears and there's boogers everywhere. And it is so intense and overwhelming. It's almost as though your body takes over. And I remember looking up after a few minutes of, you know, trying to gain composure, but simply being unable to. And every single woman in that circle was looking at me, smiling, feeling me, witnessing me, not trying to dissect what was going on, not asking what this was all about, instead simply giving me the space to feel for maybe the first time in my life. That truly is the magic of a women's circle and of sisterhood. And that's why now that's what I've cultivated in my life and what I do is my mission to create this safe container for women to remember what it feels like to be loved and supported unconditionally. I know you've had a lot of experiences with different women around the world. As Western women, where have we kind of gone wrong in terms of like the the divine sisterhood? Mm. You know, this wound really goes back so many generations, perhaps even dozens of generations. And so often when women come to these retreats, they they tend to feel uh, somewhat angry, angry that their mothers didn't create this space for them or angry that this wasn't part of their culture or their environment growing up. And so just a reminder that this has been missing in our, in our lives for so long and likely our mothers and our grandmothers also never had a sacred supportive space like this. So this wound goes back so deep into our lineage. And I truly believe that as the divine feminine began to fall, we were in many ways put against each other. And I think that's why we still see a lot of these unhealthy traits among women where we are taught to compete, where we are taught to see other women as um, someone to compete with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why when we start to reclaim sisterhood, when we choose to be the change, when we stop those negative patterns, we're healing on such a deep level that I think is truly unfathomable. 
From your experiences and with the women who have been in these circles, why is it so important for us to have these sacred spaces for the divine feminine energy and just to connect with each other on such a profound level? Yes. Well, there's many ways I could answer this. One is truly, it is embedded in our DNA to sit in circle with other women. That is one of the most simple things that was intrinsic to the life of a woman for thousands of years. And so it's really only been in the last few centuries that we've disconnected, that we've lost that, that simple ritual or that simple routine. But when a woman sits in a circle with other women, she's given a space to feel. She's given permission to remember that she is not alone. And she's able to cultivate these relationships with like-minded women that are here to support her. And I think everyone listening to this has at some point felt alone or felt like their journey was different or felt like, you know, they, they were just given some, some difficult cards and have to move through this entire experience alone and bear the burden. And I think the more we see sisterhood return, the more we see these women's circles pop up, the more women can finally let go of that burden, let go of this heaviness and instead see that they are not alone, that there is an incredible group of sisters that are here to support them and love them and pull them up when they are down and celebrate them when they are radiating in their light. So this is absolutely key for every woman to experience. Mm. And it's only, it's only been these last few centuries that we've come to think of this as different. Well, will you walk me through what a typical women's circle looks like for the ones that you're a part of? Sure. So they're all very different and, um, a typical circle that I would lead would be, you know, somewhat structured around the moon phases because women cycle with the moon phases, whether we're aware of it or not. Every month as our hormones shift, as our energy levels shift, libido, everything like that, it's done in unison with the moon phases. And so if we can teach women how to understand the moon, then we teach them how to understand themselves. So it's very empowering for women to sit in a circle surrounding the moon phases because they can start to, again, feel permission and feel recognition that what they are experiencing is not abnormal, is not weird. They are not crazy for having these peaks in energy and these massive drops or these food cravings or this surge of you know, sexual energy and then this like complete lack thereof. So in a women's circle, usually we're creating a sacred space for women to connect. And so every woman is given the opportunity to share what's present for her, to share how she's feeling with this moon time and to, again, make those connections with other women. To me, that is the most important part of any circle is to watch women connect and make friends and cultivate that community that so many of us crave. And so we'll then talk about the moon phases, what's going on and how that impacts us. And then we'll do some sort of ceremony or um, workshop surrounding that moon phase. So for example, if it was a new moon, then maybe we would do some sort of fire ceremony or releasing ceremony where we write out everything that we want to let go of or the things that are heavy on us and then we burn them and we feel that lightness return. If it was a full moon, though, maybe we'd feel that opposite energy. It would be more of a time to set goals and intentions, to manifest, to extend gratitude. And so it's a simple 
a simple community space for women to gather, to recognize the similarities that are present in every single woman, and then to have that opportunity to look a little deeper beneath the surface. Mm. Sounds so beautiful. Yes. What is your favorite moon phase to work with with these women's circles? Mm. You know, I'm biased, but (laughs) I love the new moon because it is a deep time. And some people feel that it's a bit overwhelming or a bit scary because it is about looking within and looking at the shadow or the, maybe the parts of ourselves that we don't really acknowledge or want to admit exist the traits or the beliefs or the patterns that don't serve us. And yet we continue to carry around, Mm. but there's so much power in being willing to go there being willing to go deep. And it's very common at these circles for a lot of emotion to rise up for a lot of tears to be shed. But as a facilitator, this is the magic is seeing women feel for maybe the first time ever or see women finally say no more. I'm willing to cut this connection. I'm willing to release these things that do not serve me in any capacity. So I'm all about it. I'm all about the <laughs> I love the oh, going deep. Yeah. I did a nice bawling new moon meditation session last night. It was great. Good. See, it's the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really is. I totally, I'm totally full moon. I mean, new moon on the new moon bandwagon too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. <laughs> well, let's talk about, I just love the the energy of these circles and for those of us who don't get to attend them on a daily basis, how can we really bring these sacred rituals into our everyday lives? And how can we really start to connect with other women on just this deep sisterhood, divine feminine level? Mm, Yes. Yes. Well, there's a few things that any woman could start to integrate into her life. I think the most important thing, if she's wanting to feel this connection to the moon, or she's wanting to begin to allow her daily routine or ritual to shift throughout the month, I think learning how your body shifts with the, the moon is so incredibly key. And this will allow you to know when the best time is to release or to manifest when your energy levels are going to be lower and therefore it's going to be better to practice self-care. These kinds of things really create the perfect structure for us to have powerful self-care practices or routines or rituals. And so simply noticing when the moon phase is shifting, noticing your own cycle when you are menstruating or ovulating is all going to tie together and just that shifts women's lives entirely. Um, And then if you're wanting to connect with other women, of course, going to a women's circle is incredibly profound and they are popping up in so many places. It's amazing to see. So you may be surprised if you look online, go on Facebook, you, you might be surprised to find that there is one in your area. But if that's not possible, I think just remembering that you can be the change in your community, that by showing up differently for the women in your lives, whether it's family or friends or just someone at the store, you get to change what sisterhood means for other people. And when we stop responding out of this reactive sense, or when we stop uh, approaching things from a place of separation and instead come together in unity, come together in that true essence of sisterhood, we change the paradigm entirely. 
So don't feel like a women's circle is the only place where you get to feel divine and connect with other women <laughs> in every encounter you have. Allow them to see that true, true beauty of woman, of divine sisterhood. Yeah, I think that's such an important lesson for especially someone like me who aches for that divine feminine connection and knowing that you can still show up like that in your everyday life without necessarily going to a women's circle every single day. Yes. Yes. If only we could all go to a women's circle every day. <laughs> I know. I think I I wish that more women would be willing to be a part of it because I completely agree with everything you said that there's just so many stories and especially growing up in social media culture and comparison culture with just mm. the competitiveness of women and just the toxic culture of women being catty or just completely just misunderstanding each other, which just leads to all of this unnecessary negativity. Yes. Yes. And you said it perfectly. It's so unnecessary. It doesn't serve anyone. Yeah. I've, I've worked really hard, especially this past year to just remove myself from all, from all that type of energy because it doesn't serve me. I'm not willing to play games or have drama or fuel into these, just like you said, unnecessary insecurities that other women have. I'm going to be honest and kind and just approach everything from a place of love. And for women who aren't there yet, that's sometimes off-putting or misunderstood as well. That is true. Yes. And I think in those scenarios, we just bless them, send them love and, and just hope that at some point they see beyond that limitation. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. But two, the more we step into this realm, the more that we heal our own wounds around sisterhood, because likely every single one of us knows what it feels like to be hurt by another woman. Mm -hmm. And so the more we heal that, the more we acknowledge it and choose to forgive, the more we're going to attract like-minded women into our lives. And so we're not going to attract women that are just at a different point in their lives. We're going to bring in amazing women that are really here to do the work, to look below the surface and heal these wounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I like what you recommended of looking online because we may not even know that there are women around us that are showing up in that way. Yes. Yes. They're really popping up everywhere. It's so amazing to see that, you know, this, I really think this is a very pivotal time to be alive, to watch mm -hmm. this feminine energy coming back. Yes, I completely agree with that. And I'm doing my best to really harness it the best I can. Mm, yes, yes. So I know that we talked a little bit about how we kind of lost that practice of passing down this wisdom throughout the generation. So how can we as women and mothers who are motherly figures and mentors to young girls kind of help them and guide them and pass down this wisdom? Mm. Such a good question. And this is a question I hear at the retreat so often as well from the mamas that, yeah, are saying, I don't want my children to grow up the way I did, where I didn't know what was happening with my body, where I felt shame, where I felt guilt, where I felt a lot of oppressive energy. How can I create a, a beautiful, safe container for my children to grow up feeling empowered and feeling like 
it is safe for them to be who they are. And so there's a few things we can do with that. One is to educate our children and to show them what is normal. So for example, um, as women, obviously most of us are going to experience a menstrual cycle every month. And so simply teaching our children that, that this is normal, that this is a bodily process to maybe even reclaim it and see it as a sacred practice every month, just that is going to transform a young woman or a young man's perception of the divine feminine. Um, allowing them to understand that their emotions are valid, allowing them to see that their intuition has worth. And I think we've really lost in our Western culture, but especially in the United States, this passing down of wisdom, you know, we've, we have become this melting pot, which is so beautiful. And it's interesting, though, that especially many of the generations that were coming here you know, 100, 200 years ago, when they came to America, they often abandoned a lot of their cultures and their practices because they wanted to step into the American dream or, or become part of this, this new country, this new culture. So if you have practices in your, you know, in your culture or in your community, keep them alive, pass these down. And this is why so many women find huge support in the book, Women Who Run With the Wolves. If you haven't read it, you need to get it. It's going to change your life. But that teaches us the art of storytelling and these fairy tales and these, these stories we all heard growing up. And then she really breaks them down into why they're important. And so just little things like that, like a story or a practice can transform this next generation's lives because they will grow up more connected to who they are and with a better sense of self. I think it's really important. And I love that you added the male young boys in there as well, because I think it's so important to share with them, the divine feminine, that it's not just for girls and for women growing up, but the men as well. Yes. Yes. We, I think, have to look at, at both sides because we can teach these young women how to be empowered. But if we don't address the masculine, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure we're ever going to get very far. Yeah. It's, it's a, we have to have the balance or else yes. there's not much, <laughs> not exactly. much without balance. Exactly. Yes. So I love that you mentioned a book because that was my next question that I was going to ask you (laughs) is that, do you have any recommendations? Because I know a lot of our listeners are book nerds and I myself am a book nerd. Are there any good books for reading about divine feminine energy or the moon cycles or syncing the feminine with the moon? Do you have any good book recommendations other than the one that you just gave us? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got all the book recommendations. I... I'm all about this. So yes, um, a couple of books that have been really transformative that I often recommend to women who come to circles or retreats and then say, you know, what next? I want to continue to learn and be immersed in this. Um, so first and foremost, Women Who Run With The Wolves should be the, the top one that you purchase. Absolutely amazing. You can thank us later. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so good. But uh, another amazing one is Womb Wisdom. This is an amazing one if you want to learn more about your uterus, the spiral of life, um, how the womb is correlated to the ultimate creation of the world. It's an incredible book with lots of really good practical tools. And I think it even comes with a meditation. So it's really, really good. Um, In terms of connecting to the moon phases, there's a really lovely one called Moon Wisdom. 
and this will teach you kind of the, the practical outline of, of what it looks like to track the moon phases throughout the month. That one is really, really amazing. And then also another amazing book that I highly recommend to people is Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. Mm -hmm. I know it's not as tied into this, but I think every human being could gain something from that book. Yes, I completely agree with that. <laughs> Although I have a love-hate relationship with her right now. Oh no. <laughs> As I've talked about a lot on this podcast because with all my infections and MRSA and having mono, the manifestations of mm. that is anger and resentment coming to the surface as Louise Hay says. Mm. I'm like, but I'm not angry. <laughs> <laughs> Like you got this one yeah. wrong, Louise. Hey. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, she she really just lays it out, and it's yeah. it's hard near to look into sometimes. Oh, for sure. Yes, but it makes you look inward really deep and be like, okay, maybe I haven't accepted that as much as I should have. Maybe I haven't <laughs> worked through that and unpacked that as much as I should have. And right, right. Now it's manifesting in X, Y, Z. Yeah. Oh, I so feel you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I love to ask this question on my podcast and I love all the answers and they just keep getting better and better. So how has empowering other women through these women's circles empowered you? Mm, that's a beautiful question. You know, sitting in circle with other women to me is the greatest blessing of my life and to see women trust me to hold a safe container for them is, is truly the most beautiful thing that I've ever experienced. Um, and as I see these women move through this, this powerful practice of reclaiming who they are and letting go of these massive old beliefs or shame that's hung heavy on them, it allows me to, to recognize my own story within theirs and to see this collective energy of, of how similar we all are mm. in this world. It's so easy for us to, to look at what separates us, these little things that are different. But the more we look at each woman, the more we go within, we see that we are so similar, that we are all here seeking very similar things. And if we could simply recognize that in one another, what a different world we would have. Yes. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Are there any good affirmations, mantras to help us really harness our divine feminine power? Yes, totally. One of my favorite ones, especially for women that are wanting to connect to their cycles throughout the month, not just their menstrual cycle, but obviously also their ovulation and all these cycles that we experience throughout our bodies is... I make peace with my body and celebrate the cycles of my femininity. And simply speaking, that I feel shakes off this guilt or shame that maybe we've felt about our cycles, about the feminine in general. So that one is beautiful. And another one I love is I surrender to the ebb and flow of life. Mm reminding us that nothing is constant. And while the masculine energy, and you know, of course, masculine exists within us, and obviously, in every human being, but that energy craves consistency, where the feminine craves mystery and change and cyclical nature. 
so we can make peace with this shifting energy that we shift, that everything in our lives will shift and see it as a beautiful opportunity for trust. I love that so much, especially because when you are balancing the the masculine and the feminine energy and yeah, having trust that nothing is really linear mm. and flowing. And that has been a really hard lesson for me to accept recently, but I'm getting there that healing is not linear. Our growth is not linear. We have our ebbs and our flows and really yes. have to take ownership and truth in that. Yes, it's... It can be a challenging thing to accept. And I think we're all, we're all still on the path of fully feeling into that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Do you have any favorite crystals that you like to incorporate with these sacred rituals for divine, divine feminine energy? Yes. So many. I'm so blessed to have my sister, Haley Meadow, who's a crystal expert. And so I've been able to learn from her and, um, she often comes to the retreats and sprinkles her little bit of wisdom into all of this. But um, some of the top ones I love are, of course, Moonstone because mm-hmm. it's the, of the divine feminine and it connects us to the 13 moons of the year. So 13 is a very auspicious number. It's a number of the feminine. And isn't it interesting how many of us have learned that 13 is unlucky or bad? Mm-hmm. It's one of those one of those interesting little things. Um, Such a beautiful stone for intuition, for fertility, for understanding the mystery of life. Um, Another one that I personally love is blue kyanite. Mm -hmm. And I love this stone because it helps us speak our truth. It helps us share authentically and let go of the fear that we cannot be understood. So it's a great one to have in the circles when... Some women are are just coming into this for the first time and, and maybe feel a little apprehensive to to go there, to go really deep and share some, some yeah. pretty heavy things. One of the things I just learned about blue kyanite was that it's one of the only few stones that can't take on negative energy. Isn't that so cool? It's so cool. I have so much of it in my little space. <laughs> like, stay away, negativity. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. I love that too. Like, can't even attach. Nope. Yeah. And then usually I'll have some smoky quartz just for protection to mm. keep everyone um, grounded. And especially, you know, for those of us that maybe resonate with the term empath. <laughs> yes. Over we know what. Yeah, we don't want women coming to this circle, hearing, you know, maybe some stories that are very heavy and very um, sad or heartbreaking. We don't want them to go home and take on that other woman's experience. So that creates a nice little shield so we can all keep our energies separate. We can feel, we can empathize with other women, but we don't get dragged into it. Oh, I appreciate that very much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm doing that because I've been doing a lot of work on opening, but I haven't been doing as well of work as protecting and shielding. So Mm. I just cry everything now. (laughs) (laughs) Might be the postpartum hormones too. You know, it it could be a lot of things. (laughs) I actually celebrate you for, for feeling so deeply. Oh, it's, it, I've learned to love it and appreciate it about myself, but it's also hard because my husband just thinks it's humorous so whenever we're watching tv and i'm just bawling my eyes out like don't look at me (laughs) Uh, the struggles that we sensitive Uh have (laughs) i know it's so true (laughs) 
I could write a whole book on that. You should. You should. <laughs> well, it has been such a pleasure just learning from you and just diving into all things divine feminine. So for anyone listening who is really looking to harness that divine feminine power or needs that extra push today to step into their truth and live a life of their wildest dreams, what are your wise words to end on? Mm. To remember that you are not broken. You are not flawed. You are not unfixable. If you are feeling like you have lost a connection to yourself, or if you are searching for that wild woman essence, just take the first step. Find this circle, cultivate this sisterhood, understand the moon phases, and just remember that all of this exists to support you and love you. So just be willing to seek that support. Thank you for listening to the Enlightened Podcast, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and celebrates every journey. If you would like to be part of our community of amazing and soulful women, find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood. For real motherhood stories and inspirational articles, you can check us out online at Enlightenedhood.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, you mindful mamas. Thank you.